0: What does the to me? Energy. Find out what it's all about. HTML Energy. Can you tell me a little about how you first got into making websites? Mm-hmm. And maybe, for example, what your first ever website was like? Oh man, yeah. Um, so this was back when
1: I feel like I was, you know, mocking things up in Photoshop and slicing it up into tables. Um, I forget which one came first. I think I, I sort of had two websites. One was, uh, for my, my, basically my fan art that I was making at that time, um, which was my introduction into like Photoshop and these digital tools. I feel like there were all these websites that were it was like a community around this thing that we all love and, um, you know, we would have our own websites to showcase them. And then there was always this section on the website that was also kind of like affiliate links or like banners. Like you would make your own 80 by 120 pixel banner to like share with others and they would post, um, your banner on their page if they liked your stuff. And it was kind of like a nice, community there. And then I think the other one was more for, um, like my paintings. Like I kind of used to do oil paintings and things. So that one was, I remember I had like a hover effect where I had these like three paint strokes and every paint stroke led to a different section of the site. And like the color of the paint stroke changed when you, (laughs) something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And how did you update these and like about, about when was this?
1: Uh, so I guess this was like early two thousands and it was all just static HTML. So mm. yeah, hard coding, everything. Um, I think I, I learned about SSIs at some point and I was like, Oh, this is so cool. I don't need to like duplicate the header on every page. So
0: hey, what, Sorry. St- what's an SSI uh,
1: server side includes. Oh. So like, um, like you could have, you could, um, it just like have a, p- a header portion and a footer portion mm-hmm. and in- include those in an in HTML page and then yeah. the server kind of pieces it for you. So, like, very, very rudimentary,
0: I think CMS kind of, <laughs> um, cool. That sounds really pro, um, for back then. <laughs> um, no. yeah, and I guess that leads me to wonder about the state of websites today, mm. and if you think there's any benefit to still learning how to hand code with the omnipresence of mm-hmm. platforms like Squarespace or Cargo.
1: Yeah, I think it's almost like because of the fact that there there are so many options out there, there are pre-made, it's ever more important to learn um, how to code because those both aesthetically and functionally, I think every platform comes with its own sort of assumptions about how things should look or how things should work. And I think it's exciting to try to come up with that from scratch. And, you know, it's like a way that like raw material of code, like kind of using it from like building something out from scratch, I think it's like a, a much it feels, it feels a lot more satisfying to be able to do that, I think, than kind of using something that's pre-made. Mostly because I also find that with these templates, like the previews, the example sites look beautiful and amazing. But then when you try to kind of use that template for your own stuff, it doesn't quite have the same punch and kind of alignment, I think, that you're, you're looking for. Um, and so... I think being able to really use that material and as, as a medium for yourself, I think is really nice. And also something that I try to talk about with my web design students, for example, is instead of thinking of the website as like a container for your other work, like a portfolio Mm -hmm. site kind of thing, I think it's really powerful when you can actually use code as a material for your work itself. Like, Mm -hmm. like even if you're a painter, like what, would you know a painting on in a website look like, and then there are lots of people who have sort of done you know web paintings and things like that, so it's really interesting um, and important for people to dive into just like the code the basic code itself mm-hmm. yeah. and I think one thing that I think I often find students tripping up over is yeah you might be able to understand like how to write an HTML document or, you know, what, like, a loop is, but then how to bring those parts together. Like, I think how things work both on your local computer versus on a server and like the difference between paths and things. Um, I think is something that is really hard to teach in like a online exercise form, I think, because it has to do with working with your local environment and your server environment. And also I think a big part of it is like launching and actually publishing your site somewhere and, Yeah, things like finding hosting and, you know, signing, registering a domain name, like all of those parts need to come together Mm -hmm. in a way. And I think that part can also be
0: challenging um, when you're starting out. Totally. That's like the biggest pain point, I think, servers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I I keep wondering if there will be like a major server revolution. (laughs) I guess like all the peer-to-peer people are trying to work on. That would be nice, I think. Cool. So maybe we'll switch gears to the your low tech magazine project. Mm-hmm. Um, could you just tell me a little bit about the background of low tech magazine and how you and your collaborator got involved? Sure. Uh,
1: so, um, it kind of,
0: I learned
1: about low tech and Chris Decker, who um, basically runs the magazine, through my friend Lauren. Um, we were in school. This was like our, our second out of our three year program yeah and i think she had learned about his work from just like social media um and kind of had found his posts interesting and then she, she shared those with me and i was like this is awesome um but he doesn't really he didn't really have like a designed mm-hmm. it was just like a type pad blog and it still is a type pad blog to us um so
0: and could um, you say more about what he was posting about i mean I think oh yeah sorry take- so no, no.
1: um yeah so low-tech mag is um kind of looks like <laughs> old and obsolete technologies as a possible sort of alternative to modern day technology as a, as a, like from the perspective of sustainability and energy use, um, um, it really ranges from things like layer more inside the house, you know, wear more clothes or like, you know, things like solar power and like Mm -hmm. bicycle energy. and, And what I like, I think about it is like, he's always kind of thinking about the larger picture in terms of, You know, for example, just because things are digital, it doesn't necessarily mean it's more sustainable. You know, there are servers that are powered by fossil fuels that um, serve up these digital documents. And anyway, so with Lauren, we ended up um, applying for a grant through the school, the the Maharam Foundation. And that helped us with the initial bulk of the project in the summer um, when we worked with Chris and also our other collaborator role, um, Roscombe Abing, Um, his his work is kind of around, he's a researcher and sort of artist working around networks. Um, At that time Chris was in Utrecht and at the university they were doing sort of a zero emissions campus project Um, and he was working on this thing called a human power plant. Um, where it was basically like an exercise machine that generated energy. And the whole premise was that this would be something that could like power a dorm. And it it was a rhetorical project, but because all the students are desperate for housing, there started to be this whole buzz about like people signing up for this dorm, this future dorm that would be powered by humans. And, um, um, so that was kind of how the team came together. Yeah. We kind of every summer did a little bit more of a push, um, And also Kathy, who is from Belgium, um, she joined more in like an edit as an editor and has been helping out with a lot of the translations and yeah, Chris has a lot of different, uh, languages he supports. Mm -hmm. She's been helping with that too. Mm
0: -hmm. And so was it in your proposal that you would make a solar powered website version of low tech magazine? Yeah, that was part
1: of it. Well, we, we, Lauren was kind of focusing on the, the print, um, some kind of publishing platform for that would work like kind of thinking about sustainability in the book world Um, and I was trying to think of a way to do that in the web world. It didn't really come to fruition until the summer afterwards. Mm. Um, so, like I was, I was work really working on like the skin of it and the front end and some of the CMS um, in the first summer. And then the second s- summer, by the time it was the second summer, role had helped Chris in developing like the hardware part of it with the solar panel connected to like the mini. It's like a um kind of like a Arduino Raspberry Pi kind of thing it was something we were thinking about, but it didn't really come to become that thing until a little bit later. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And could you tell me more about like some of your specific design choices in the website? Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, I know <clears throat> the images are dithered so that mm-hmm. they load quickly, but yeah. Yeah. What are some of the other things that you decided to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the big thing that
1: we wanted to do was really expose the workings of the browser, like how much the browser already comes with a lot of styling and really leverage that because we really wanted to keep it minimal but then also have it be legible reading experience. Like our inspiration was... You know the original website, like the World Wide Web site. It's kind of in the same way that Chris looks back to old technology as inspiration for
0: mm.
1: um, alternatives. Like we kind of went to, okay, so what was the first website? What did that look like? But then that has like no images and it's very stark. So um, it's kind of like drawing from that as in, in using the default styles of the browser, um, but then adding things like imagery is important to a lot of the articles. Um, So using dithering to reduce the image size, but also I think dithering is a really uh, unique kind of aesthetic that tells people that it's compressed in a way, you know, it kind of calls attention to the fact that these images take up space. Mm -hmm. And Then we also did uh, have like the battery meter in the background that it's like a constant. And that's something that I think allows us to see really like the relationship between you know, the, the traffic and like the, the things that are consuming the website power and also what's powering it is really like where that line lies. So Mm -hmm. I think it's a nice thing to just have constantly though. There has been a lot of backlash on like people don't like it being always there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, same with the dithering, but I think in terms of how we want, what we want that website to communicate, I think that's a, an important element.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes me wonder, the website says plan your visits so that you know <laughs> when to go when the website's still online. And it's funny because I've always gone and it's always been online. Oh, so really? I'm wondering, maybe mm-hmm. I just didn't go when it was offline. Like, does mm-hmm. it ever go offline? Yeah.
1: So actually it's been going offline a lot the past couple of weeks because, um, there was a software up upgrade in, in the, um, the server software that we somehow ends up using a lot more energy than it used to so that it, it was started to go down basically every night and one of the big questions has also been like what happens when it goes down like at currently they just can't see anything it just says you know you, there's nothing that we're serving up basically so. And, you know, there have been suggestions about having, like, a backup, but then it then like, kind of, like, defeats the whole purpose. And I, I think one thing Chris was trying to do is really question the fact that we need, like, a 24-7, 100% uptime in mm. website, mm-hmm. um, especially for something like his content, which isn't urgent or timely. Um, maybe it's okay that it's only up 90% of the time, and that was kind of our goal, is, mm. was 90%. One thing we added in addition to uh, sort of the battery meter was uh, actually like a page size mm-hmm. uh, indicator because we didn't want it to just be about this niche kind of solar powered website. Thing in the sense like because it is more just generally about trying to think about digital sustainability and like thinking about the energy use on the web so yeah we decided to just like have a constant page size indicator at the bottom of every page yeah i think we're going to continue to try to push making the infrastructure basically more transparent and even things like with the battery meter we've been sort of going back and forth with whether to when it because when it's charging, um, when when the sun is actually powering the solar panel, it's actually really difficult to gauge the capacity of the battery. Um, Roll and Chris would be able to sort of explain this better, but it would be more true to like the setup if we had just displayed the voltage, for example. Hmm. Like when it's when it's using battery, it's like pretty easy to see the percentage, but when it's charging, like batteries kind of like fluctuate. It's not like a um, like an easy constant thing apparently. So maybe exposing the that might be good but then maybe it might be confusing <laughs> up to most people
0: um, so yeah speaking of behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. um could we talk a little bit about the cms or how you how someone actually updates the website mm-hmm. and i understand that it is serving um html mm-hmm. yeah how does how does that work i know you were also recently in barcelona working with Chris Mm -hmm. and your other collaborator um, role role right Um, yeah what kind of updates did you make this time to the CMS yeah so one thing um,
1: the the CMS is a static site generator um, which I think made a lot of sense for us because we didn't want the site to have to you know be constantly dynamically using a lot of um, energy to serve up every every page It is a little bit – it was a little bit of a struggle for me to start working with the CMS because it wasn't something – it's in Pelican, um, which is written in Python, which is great. It has – it's pretty – bare bones, uh, and so a lot of things you would have to like write plugins for. In terms of like the workflow, Chris basically writes his articles in Markdown, which is also a nice way for him to have kind of like a local copy of his content instead of it being stored on something like TypePad where I think they're they've also like stopped updating it. So if TypePad goes down he would basically have lost all of his 10 years of work, basically, mm. so now he has like a local copy. And Markdown is a really nice format where it's really easy to transport if we de- decide to switch CMSs at some point. One of the pushes we did this past time was, um, uh, I mentioned lo- those different languages, so that's something we're working on where we're trying to have all the different um, translations of the articles also available on the SOLAR website. and slowly um, like shutting down the other language sites that are all on different platforms because, yeah, there, some of them are on WordPress, some of them are on, um, yeah, other CMSs and right. stuff. So and they're taking up energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And so what's next for the um, Low Tech Magazine project, or mm-hmm. is it just kind of you're going to continually be improving things every so often?
1: Yeah, I think it would be like um, sort of incremental bursts of... Um, <laughs> kind of efforts towards it. And I think something that we're really th- trying to figure out is we, that, that type pad, the old site still lives. We haven't really ha- uh, pulled the plug on it yet. Um, in a way, because of that, we have been able to be a little bit more experimental in the solar power website. And um, we don't really have like a development environment <laughs> or anything for it, uh, which we could have, but um, yeah, we've been just kind of like doing, a lot of trial and error on the solar powered site and, but it is a redundancy to contend with. And one thing we've been thinking about, for example, is maybe the, we should, we should have a grid powered website with like on something like WordPress, that's very accessible that like some, anyone can kind of set up, but still kind of adhere to our principles of trying to minimize, you know, page sizes and make, trying to make it accessible and avoid waste in that kind of context but maybe with different content and so that it's not an exact duplicate, but like showcasing a, in a different way, mm-hmm. the principles of sustainability.
0: Yeah. That was going to be my next yeah. question, I guess, is like, I'm sure a lot of people are excited about this project and like want to have their own, mm-hmm. um, solar panel power <laughs> website. Yeah. Um, so it's like, what is the accessible version of this? Yeah. I think that's a really good question. And it's
1: something we're trying to figure out and like, obviously solar powering by solar is a, it all, Works best in a place like Barcelona, like, <laughs> you know, and so I think what we want to communicate that is that it's it is all always about the context and like the, you know, the physical environment also that you're in. And CMSs are tricky in the sense that you're all you you have to make some assumptions on the way people are going to be updating mm-hmm. it and. Um, I think figuring out the right balance of like what you, remains open versus what is helpful to build in is, I think, a, a big question. So,
0: uh, and going back to HTML now, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite HTML element? This is a tricky
1: one. I, I, <laughs> I mm, it's kind of like choosing a favorite letter of the alphabet. I think mm. but, you could also yeah. choose like top three if it were mm. easier. Mm. I like. The a tag, I think the uh, the link, hmm. just because it feels so fundamental to the way the web works, and um, I think a lot is kind of packed into the one a t- like it, you know, it's basically what the World Wide Web is based built off of. And I think also I, when I'm talking up, when I introduce like the the anchor tag in in my classes, I feel like it opens up. It basically helps you talk about things like also links what i mentioned earlier with like absolute and like relative links and like you know it's also one where the that attribute is really important and i feel like a lot of elements just stand alone they can be without attributes it feels really unique in that sense of being able to understand kind of the whole uh Infrastructure of the web um, and how all
0: the parts connect together with the a tag. And if you could describe your energy in just one word, what word would that be? It's also a hard one.
1: But I think the first word that comes to mind is like flow. I think in one sense also because you, you think about the flow of HTML and how browsers render, you know, the flow of your elements a lot of web design is about going or breaking that flow um but also in terms of energy i think i love websites where i feel like i kind of feel this flow of the energy from like the person and like the website to the person who is experiencing the website and that's kind of like what i hope my websites can do um mm-hmm. is kind of transfer this like energy to the person who is um, experiencing the website somehow. Like. <laughs> uh, that's,
0: that's beautiful. <laughs> um, last question. H- hopefully not too tricky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there any website you'd like to bring back from the dead, if you could? Something that has been making the rounds in, um,
1: or that used to be making the rounds in, like, the Grizzly graphic design community was this website for, like, embroidery instructions. I don't know if you know
0: Yes. You know yes. Yeah,
1: it's like red and blue, but it like because someone had forgotten to close their tags <laughs> and they were using EMs, basically every header was however point something like 120% of the size of the previous header or something. And it keeps going on and on and on until you know you have these giant letters that fill up the entire screen and a really kind of beautiful experience of like scrolling through the site and it's also a really good educational tool um
0: about closing tags,
1: <laughs> so I think that was a good one
0: yeah yeah, yeah great choice i I was actually <laughs> recently looking at that site um but I know that site. They actually fixed it, I think. Yeah. But then this blogger who writes about art history, um, greg.org, restored it. Oh, Um, really? So it lives on their website. Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Yeah, I'll make sure to link that one.
1: Yeah. I, like, really love these, like, designs that are kind of, like, beautiful, but they also sort of teach you a little bit about how it works and Mm. how, kind of, like, going back to, like, the tools, like, exposing the tool, like, it's... I feel like uh, the way something works is also part of the content of uh, Mm. something, so... (laughs)
0: Thank you. Hi, so you just heard from Marie Otsuka, whose website is www.motsuka.com. Marie is a designer working around tools and methods for making, and she designed and developed the solar powered version of this low-tech magazine website which is at www.solar.lowtechmagazine.com. And the website Marie wanted to bring back from the dead is located at wwwgreggorg slash embroidery.